We are the young adult ministry of Church of the Harvest, located in Olathe, Kansas. Every week, we will explore the challenges, opportunities, and struggles that many young adults face, and how faith is practically applied throughout this incredible season. For more information, visit our website or our young adult Instagram. Everybody, welcome back. We're back. Hey, Harvest Young Adult Podcast is Pastor Royce. I'm here with Kristen McAfee. As always, super fun. Kristen, remind the people what you got going on with PEAR. PEAR, as you know, it's the acronym Proactive, Accountable, Intentional, Reflective. How can we as young adults in our 20s or 30s do life well? Yeah. Um, and basically, practically, what does that look like? Learning from each other, learning from people who have lived life more than we have and are willing to just teach us, you know, <laughs> everything they can. Like, yes. teach me everything because um, I've just found it's so much better to learn from other people's mistakes <laughs> than agree. to make the same mistakes people around us have. Learning from other people's <laughs> mistakes has this, to be a spiritual gift. Take the time to Pretty stop sure. and pay attention. <laughs> and oh my gosh, you'll learn so much. But um, we have a Pair Connect meeting happening Sunday, March 28th. Awesome. Um, it's coming up. Uh, we meet in Gartner on the a monthly Arc, basis right? at the ARC. Yeah. Um, if you need the address, hit Pastor Royce up. Hit myself up. That's kind of weird. Hit yeah, me up. Hit you, you know, up. whatever. You hit it. me up. Um, would love to tell you more about it. Um, always feel free to email at mypaircommunity, P-A-I-R community, yeah. at gmail.com. Um, but also, feel free to check out our podcast. Um, hey! Yeah, it's, it's, it's official. It's, it's official. It's out. Um, that's www.anchor.fm slash pair. Or you can find it on Spotify, but okay. you might have to scroll down a little bit. All right. Because it's not, it's new, it's fresh, it's not. Do you guys have like an Instagram or anything? We do. And I keep not saying it because I don't want to mess it up, but I'm pretty sure it's pair.kc. Um, I bet, I bet yeah. I can look it up real quick and find it. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, P-A-I-R. Uh, dot KC. No, yeah, it's pair dot KC is the handle. Okay. Thank you, yes. So you're going to see some folks on there like the wonderful Mr. Charles McAfee. That's right. You're also going to see uh, <laughs> Carissa, who is super phenomenal. Met her last summer when we were hosting the pair uh, conference here at the church. And then good old Blake, man. Blake made everybody do push-ups. That guy. Dude, what a... You know, hands-on experience. So, what a guy. <laughs> Pear.kc. Pear.kc. Get updated on things. We're, we're trying to learn how to balance things out and figure out how to get the information to you guys the best way that we can. So please be gracious and patient with us. But, yeah. Here's what I know. What do you know? Kristen, if people want to find something, they'll find it. That's okay? true. Like... I know enough people who can Facebook stalk you to like knowing when you lost your first tooth. <laughs> okay, like if you if, if look internet people on the internet that want community and complained about being lonely last year, pair.kc on Instagram, figure it out, connect up and find and direct a message on there. I'm That'd be saying. easy. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's a really yeah. easy way. If you can slide up into somebody's DMs because you think they're cute, you can slide up into life's DMs. All right, preach that. And let <laughs> okay. you know how to live it out. All right, I'm just saying. Figure it out. Prioritize it. Community is not passive. That's right. Community is on purpose. It will life. 
will pass you by and you will feel like, where did all the people go? It's about you and I and us creating community. That's kind of what we're talking about today, actually. Yes. We are talking about race, religion, and relationship. How does the gospel transform ourselves from the inside out so that we live in harmony with God and in right relationship with others, a lesson our culture desperately needs and one that is uniquely found in the gospel of Jesus, not found in other worldviews, mm-hmm. it's not found in other governmental societies and structures. It is a gospel-centered solution. And those of us who have the gospel, who know the gospel, who know Jesus, are the carriers of that solution in yes. the earth. And thank God it's not built on those systems and right. things like that because those rise and fall, work, break down. But God is faithful <laughs> yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistent. And I'm putting my money well, on him. And, the, you know, it's one of the things that I've been, so, like, I'm not going to totally dive yet into the, the religion thing. But one of the things that I've heard constantly from people, and this is such an ignorant statement, is that all religions are essentially the same. They're superficially the same, and they have minor differences. The, 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 the reality of that is that at a cursory level, you can make some vague similarities for right. instance like an easy similarity would be like the law of reciprocity or reaping and sowing mm-hmm. and uh the way that people wrongly by the way think about karma right like karma it, karma is is similar to the law of reciprocity mm-hmm. but there's this entirely different side of the views of karma that have nothing to do with reaping and sowing and it has everything to do with paying off your karmic debt and ascending yeah interesting so this is that that's why if you're you know if you are a hindu or to a degree buddhist i don't consider buddhism a religion um it's more of a philosophy but if you're looking at those two religions that the, the point of the process of karma is to pay off a karmic debt so that you transcend to a state of nirvana and it's the same conversation of you can be like God, right? Like you can find, so, so no, they're religions. The world religions are extremely different. Yes. And to the point that like, I don't consider, so let's define religion just real quick. Um, the way that I would define religion is different mm-hmm. than the way that Webster would define religion. The way that I would define religion is a set of moral and ethical standards by which a worshiper adheres to in the pursuit of a um, a utopian eternity. Hmm. Okay? So this is do good works and you get in. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's that's what the Quran teaches. You know, do these things this way. That's what Judaism teaches. You yeah. have the law. Right. That's what uh, karmic debt is about and paying off karmic debt and how the caste system, which if we want to talk about the segregation of people... Uh, the caste system is a pretty, pretty stringent right. separation of life. Yeah. Um, but like those all are towards that end. Do these good things and you get this good result. Right. Christianity is not that. Not at all. Not even close. Christianity is you couldn't do that. Right. You failed before you even got out the gate. Right. So Jesus did it for you. Mm-hmm. Put your trust, faith, and confidence in that. Mm-hmm. 
and live from that space into your potential, into your purpose, into everything that God has gifted you for, graced you with uniquely. So that's totally different. And so that's why we put in or we we talk about the relationship piece because that's what that is. That's where the It's such a distinct, it's so distinctive. Like it's in its own league. Yeah. It's not the same. No, it's, it's, yeah, from the tenants, you know, onward. Now, I think, though, again, if you're looking at everything from just a cursory level, um, you're, you're, I don't know, like, I have a hard time with that because it's, like, really hard to avoid the reality of grace, even if you're just looking at cursory levels of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you're looking at it from the outside in, like, you can't look at the involvement of grace and be like, oh, yeah, like, that doesn't exist in any other known religious system at all. Right. Not even close. So grace makes it really, really different. Um, but the, you know, just kind of in conversation and, and in line with that, what we kind of started to talk about last week is then, okay, then how does that transact on my life? Right. And then how do I live that horizontally? And that's a recap the entire episode because we, you know, you can go back and listen to it. Um, but what we looked at was kind of the harmony. And I read, I read a super long quote by the, um, the leading chair of yes. microbiology at the New York Dr. David? Was it? Yeah, no. yeah. Dr. My, David. Michael. Oh, wow. <laughs> Michael. Dr. Michael. Uh, Hard, Hardrew. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to be able to get <laughs> That's that. Okay. Poor man. Like, I appreciate your work, sir. Um, but essentially, like, he, he just said, we're all one people. From a, from a biology, <laughs> Where did I get DNA David from, though? I'm still stuck on that. So sorry. There's a lot of Davids in the Bible. And we happen <laughs> to know a lot of Davids that are pastors and things like that. So I don't know. It's just a name that gets associated Anyways. with things. But we, we, you know, so we kind of looked at, okay, Genesis 2, the creation of man, or I'm sorry, Genesis and Genesis 2, the creation of man. And, um, and then, but we have to, okay, so we look at this harmony that we're created in and then fast forward to today and you have racial tensions, you have, you have massive diversity or not diversity, I'm sorry, division Mm -hmm. within people groups. And then we're kind of picking sides. It's almost like we totally looked at Ephesians six twelve, and we're like, oh, no, that's not real. You know, it's like, oh, it's, this is all spiritual. It's not situational. And yes. we're like, no, it's totally situational. And by the way, I hate that person because their situation doesn't agree with my situation. Right. Or straight up, like, their viewpoint is wrong. Like, I, like that, that's the hardest thing for me is looking at people that make, like, a hardline extremist opinion live that out and I'm called to love them too and I really don't want to <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you ever met that person where you're like I'm called to love you too really Come can on. I get a break here Jesus can like, I get a pass yeah please man, like you <sighs> mate you know this guy you know this woman's crazy <laughs> but even that then that yeah. it's this spiritual reality so Genesis 2 God creates everything yeah. in harmony I, and I think that we we culturally because we're Americans and we live on this side of, of the cross mm-hmm. Um, I think we really lose weight of the harmony of what was created in the garden and what God intended. Um, and that he, he didn't like, I love this because it wasn't like the fall caught him by surprise. Right. And that Jesus was plan B. Yeah, there's that's a, good. There's a greater, oh, I'll, we'll, we'll dive into it. There's a greater unity that happens by the reality that unfolded and is unfolding than what was established in the garden. 
Yes, I like that. So anyway, but that's a, it's kind of a bit of yeah. a jump forward. So I'm not trying to go right there quite yet. We'll get there though. But like, we don't understand the unity of Gen- of Genesis two and and the harmony of it. And what what the word is there is shalom. Like you'll if you ever go to Israel or like Peace. around like yeah you're around uh, a Jewish speaking or like Hebrew speaking people that said also shalom shalom and shalom is like it's it's like not just peace it's like transcendent peace it's mm-hmm. literally all of the universe working in harmony in unison mm-hmm. so like um, this is a really terrible way of explaining it but did you ever see High School Musical yes you ever notice like they just break out into like song and dance all and everybody's like yeah, I don't know the songs yes. I'm just that there's so many, but like there's you know, ones. you just see like a random person that was like sitting, like just bust a move, yeah. and they're all like, you know, on cue, in sync, and, in sync, and, and mm-hmm. they're in harmony, they're yeah. in unison. That's, I like that. That is I a don't like it. that's, but it's good, a good it example. Because <laughs> so, we all have seen those musicals where it's I like how, but but just musicals in general. Okay, those yeah. my audience. Yeah, I know yeah, you guys yeah. can know where it's like the main characters. All of a sudden, everyone else knows the song, but it's not like a flash mob. It's like, right. yeah. supposedly, they all just knew this all of a sudden. Right. Anyways, it's, it's I think like that's good. That harmony. Everything in the universe just works that clicks. way. clicks. Yes. And it's all on one wavelength. Yes. And then, because we have never experienced that, to, especially to that extent, like, there's no, there's no, like, state of understanding that really grasps that, I don't yeah. think. But, like... Because we don't really understand that, we really fail to understand. And I think because we live in the culture that we live in, and like, oh, we have access to God. Oh, okay, cool. Like, I have a Bible. I can learn God's Word. I can grow close to Him. Mm-hmm. And because it's so common and so frequent, we really, really dismiss how big Genesis 3 is. And how devastating it is to the fracture of that harmony. And now we have division between people because we have sin and evil you know i think it's interesting because like a lot of people talk about like well why did god have one rule like why did god say don't eat from this tree and why like why did that you put the tree there isn't that kind of condescending of god like first of all like watch your tone when you're talking about god (laughs) okay like he's not like your high school principal that's right so but then but then secondarily here's the reality of that before like, okay, so the, the tree is the knowledge of good, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, mm-hmm. right? So before you have the, the knowledge of good and evil, you only have the knowledge of good and God. So, so God knew the only thing that's going to be added to you by taking from the fruit of that tree and eating it is you're going to experience evil. Yeah. And I don't want you to experience evil. I didn't make you to experience evil. I didn't make you to die. Right. Human beings were not made to die. That's why we can't process death on our own. Like, so, so I didn't make you to be sick. I didn't make you to die. I didn't make you to feel pain. I didn't make you to experience evil. And that's why we can't use our self. We can't be a self source as the solution to evil. And that's why Jesus, that's why God sent Jesus Mm -hmm. is because we couldn't be our own solution to the reality of evil and so god came fully god fully man incarnate and was the solution that we could not provide for ourselves right but when we miss the shattering of that harmony and we don't feel the weight of it 
Because we do have, we have our Bibles and we have our Bible studies and we have our home groups and we have our churches and we have our online services and I can engage God on my Spotify and listen to, you know, it's like we have all that at such a frequent rate that we fail to miss the value. Yeah, that's the word I was thinking of, the importance of it, the weight of it. I think that's so true. And I, I, like literally as you were explaining the harmony thing, I started thinking about, um, I teach, those of you who don't know, I teach third grade. And it's crazy how I spend so much time the first, um, you know, semester creating a culture within my classroom, you know, creating the trust, working together, kindness, we're all on the same team. But a student who moves from wherever that comes to my room, January, February, in the middle of the school year, can totally make or break so much. They can rock that boat so much. It's crazy. And I remember the first year it happened to me. I got this really great guy. (laughs) Wolves among sheep, what are you talking about with the third graders here? You know? Love them to pieces, but this kid came in and he rocked some things just talking about stuff that my students had never heard of before come from different backgrounds stuff was okay in his world but not okay in a lot of their worlds and as the teacher managing all this you're noticing how it's shifting and breaking and fracturing what you've spent so much time creating. I'm, I'm just going to pause right now and say that I'm super glad that this never happens with young adults. We've all <laughs> matured past that stage of third grader coming in like a bull in a china shop. Ah! And that was kind of passive aggressive. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have moved on, but I'm in it every day. <laughs> I'm in it every day still. And it's just crazy. Until you reconcile with this external force of this person coming in, you're gonna have tension. And I think that's why the Ministry of Reconciliation is so important as believers. 100%. Because yes, we have this tension. Yes, we have the evil that's entered our world now. And we're dealing with the consequences of it. Like, and boy, were there consequences and were the residue from that decision has affected us. But that's why it's so important to have the reconciliation. And what saved my class was me connecting with that student, showing him this is how we do things here. This is how we do things here. And in me showing him that, he learned the better way. And then he was able to more smoothly transition, have better positive relationships with his classmates. Because he was like losing friends left and right. I was getting parent calls, emails, because it was just like, shaking the boat so much so then he's feeling lonely you know all this stuff and it was like okay we need to fix this so that we can come back to where we're supposed to be you know it's so funny like i think this is this is so um just like human i guess like in a way like because when we talk about reconciliation okay like reconciliation and and you know what ephesians 2 says we have the ministry of reconciliation we've Mm -hmm. been reconciled to god like i think there's no more important chapter in scripture for us as a people Mm -hmm. to live in this generation than ephesians 2. like i think if you simply took the if everyone that went to church and 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 labeled themselves as a believer Mm -hmm. just 
inscribed Ephesians 2, the entire chapter, on their soul and just said, how do I live this more? Mm -hmm. That would be the greatest thing that could ever happen. Listen to me. That would be the greatest thing that could ever happen to ending racism. Wow. Yeah. That would be the greatest thing that would ever happen to ending injustice. To end, it's if the believer, like it, what I'm saying, it's our job. And, right. and essentially what Ephesians 2 talks about is, is Paul opens the chapter, and I'll get there much more in depth as we kind of yeah. move on, but like it's the first 11 verses are just the gospel. We've been reconciled to God through Christ, mm-hmm. by grace alone, through faith alone. Like these are the tenets of the five solas that uh, the Protestant Reformation was based upon. And so it's like, We've been reconciled to God and therefore be reconcilers with one another. Yes. Like literally, like that's the whole chapter, like the whole back end of Ephesians 2 is all about how do we, since we now have the opportunity to live in right harmony with God, how do we get really busy reestablishing that which was created in the garden in our society and in our day to day? Yeah. And and the church has been reading that for 2,000 years and not really doing it. Not embodying it. Wow. So, so, we got to find out, though, how did the restoration, because you talked about reconciliation, right? So, what is the beginning of reconciliation? Yeah. Right, because you have the proclamation in Genesis chapter 3 of the uh, consequences of sin and the consequences of uh, Adam and Eve's sin and the consequence on the serpent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it says, you're, you know, she will have an offspring. You'll have pain as you have offspring. Right. But her offspring will crush your head and you will bruise his heel, mm-hmm. right? And then you, you begin to see God thread together everything. And he, and he, he starts... Um, you, you have the whole thing with Noah, you have the flood, you have the curse on Ham, which actually becomes kind of significant to where things are going to go after this. And then you have this man that we are introduced to in Genesis chapter 11, who is named Abraham. Um, and Abraham, he's, his name is Abram. That's mm-hmm. why the, the curse on Ham is such a significant thing is because Abram, it goes from being Abram and he's transformed through his relationship with God and his obedience mm, to I God. I never thought of that. And he is renamed Abraham. Yeah. And if you actually look at the descendants of Ham, the descendants of Ham are the Philistines. They are the Canaanites. The they are the guys. Jebusites. These are the, the enemies, right. future enemies of Israel. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a whole lot to do with that. Okay, but but it, the reason Abraham is so important is because God establishes a covenant with Abraham, and essentially God's covenant with Abraham is he's Abraham's an old man, his wife is old Sarai, mm-hmm. who who is renamed Sarah, and uh, when they're seventy five years old, God tells them you're going to the invitation Genesis twelve. You're gonna be blessed. You. All of the nations are going to be blessed by your offspring. Yes. Okay. That term, your offspring, becomes extremely significant. So put a pin in it. Okay. But Abraham is the patriarch of not just one, not just two, but three of the five what are considered major world religions. Okay. Islam. Yeah. 
Christianity and Judaism all find their roots. They're all what's called Abrahamic religions or Abrahamic uh, origins. So um, long story short, what we get through Abraham is then you get Isaac, who is born to Abraham and Sarah whenever they are the ripe old age of 99 years old. Mm -hmm. And he's this miracle child, of course. I mean, you have a child when you're 99. Yeah, you're, it's a miracle Big you're alive, deal. but for those <laughs> ladies out there, if you're 99 and you're rocking out babies, that's a big, that's a miracle. Tell okay? someone, right. you'll be rich. That's just a thing. So they have Isaac, and then, uh, of course, through Isaac, you have Jacob, mm-hmm. who wrestles with the angel of the Lord and is renamed Israel, and then from that man, right, mm-hmm. Jacob, who's renamed Israel, you have the 12 sons. Right, so we get the whole story about Joseph going down to Egypt and all that, and then by the end of by the end of the 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 Genesis account, we have these millions and millions of what are called Israelites. Yes. So what we begin to see is we have this thread of redemption begins through this man named Abraham, and it goes and it spreads into the world through these millions of people called the Israelites, and God begins the beginning. Of reconciliation starts there yeah but but listen this is kind of the crazy thing God did not choose a race of people to redeem the world God uniquely values the Israelite people because of Abraham's obedience they will forever be when you read the book of Revelation you have the 144 from the original tribes that are marked off God has a unique love for his people, Israel. But the redemption didn't come through that bloodline. Mm -hmm. And so next week we're going to talk about where the redemption came from. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. All right. See you guys. See you next week. Bye.